0: January's been so long that another brewery had to sell.
1: Ska Brewing and Sweetwater try new strategies to water down the market.
0: Tasting blind people. Oh wait, I read that wrong.
1: Blind taste test. Oh Jesus, it's all beer, Tyler. Welcome to It's All Beer, the podcast world. We are the big, bad, bourbon barrel aged imperial stout in a world full of hard seltzers. I'm Jeremy Jones. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Nice job, I'm Tyler Zimmerman. You know what the f- best part about? It? I actually came up with that on in the car on the way over here. <laughs> Fair enough. They're they're not all planned out weeks in advance. In fact, most of them are come up they come up with uh, like about five minutes before I actually record them. Uh, hi, Tyler, how are you? Oh, doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You brought us some uh, cool stuff today.
0: Yeah. So uh, one of my coworkers was over in Denver last week, so he brought me. Couple beers. The first one we're tasting right now is Weldworks Brewing out of Colorado at a Greeley, Colorado. If I remember correct. Yep, uh, they're Juicy Bits, New England style IPA. And you know what I was thinking as I was bringing this? Also, it's National Beer Can Appreciation
1: Day. It is Day, National Beer Can so Appreciation I we
0: had to drink out of cans.
1: It, it's it's only proper and right,
0: and right yep. and proper. Uh, but I was like, you know, for how much we shit on hazy IPAs. Like, all the new episodes of, like, since we've been off winter break, we've drinking hazy IPAs every episode. I mean,
1: both of them. It's not like we're, like, 30 episodes in and we're doing that. But... but fair. Okay. We're on a little bit of a streak. I mean, it's a two-episode streak. That's... I think if I... You, well, see, now you're... What you're telling me is I have to bring a hazy IPA next week, and then it's a three... Then it's, then it's a it's a streak. It's
0: And then the week after, you're drinking a Bud Light
1: Seltzer. <laughs> And then after, no, you're taking a Bud Light seltzer with the forehead. That's what's yeah. happening. And then the podcast is over.
0: And we broke the
1: streak. And, we, and, we, and, and then the podcast ends, as we always knew it would end, with a head injury and Bud Light seltzer all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> but missing the lawsuit. <laughs> um, back on the beer we're actually drinking. Uh, so the, the aroma is like pure grapefruit juice. You get that? Yep. I mean, it's like not even, I, I don't get tropical fruit or It's like pure grapefruit juice. Yeah, and the flavor is to a certain. I mean, you want to talk about that adjective "juicy"? As much as I don't really like it, it applies. Yeah, it's again
0: basically st- fucking
1: fruit juice, straight up grapefruit juice. Um, I mean, it has, but it does have like a nice that nice soft round mouth feel, no bitterness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, grapefruit, orange juice.
0: Yep, Citra, Mosaic, and Eldorado, which I don't get much Eldorado off of it, but
1: well, you know, and I just and I actually uh, um brewed a um. That's almost exactly the uh, the the hop the hop profile that I use for uh, uh, a New England IPA I just did uh, at our tap room, uh, except mosaic I used um, with the blade Azaka. Oh, nice. Um, now, but I did get like a little bit of like the the pineapple candy flavor on on what I did. But I mean, I I'm starting to realize that whatever you do to a, a hazy IPA, someone's
0: the, fucking done it.
1: Well, not only that, but they the the, the process. You you lose a lot of the hop dynamic when you're going into the New England style, so you're almost because so,
0: you're adding so many hops that it's
1: yeah, and so you almost I I I don't know what the answer to that is other than maybe that the the okay we've you know hazy's are good we've we've done them let's go back to where you can actually taste shit
0: twenty twenty make smash beers great again
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that I think uh, I'm I'm much more on board than with any election that could possibly happen <laughs> this year I'm. I, I'm I will now campaign for Smash Beers. I think
0: we need to start making some shirts that say twenty twenty make smash beers great again.
1: I mean it's much better than what I'm thinking, which is twenty twenty just Let's ended. Smash. because <laughs> giant meteor smash into the planet. Let's just end it now. <laughs> and on that happy note Um <laughs> <wow>. uh. <laughs> There's a reason I do a beer news podcast, because everything else is awful. So, hey, let's talk about beer news, which is a whole lot better. Except for this first one, because, uh, yeah, uh, another brewery bit the dust.
0: Yep. Uh, Saw on Twitter the other night, texted Jeremy, and I was like, Hey, uh, Jeremy, did any of us have Molson Coors
1: buying a brewery? And he replied, No, actually. Um, It's so... Um, this is part of our, you know, the, the, the brewery Deadpool 2020, um, we're both doing poorly. Um, me and Tyler were, you know, we had a little friendly competition to see, um, if we could accurately predict, uh, who would get bought and by who. And so far we're,
0: I also think neither of us would have predicted that two breweries would have sold in January.
1: It doesn't really surprise me, but I mean,
0: I figured you, you may have got one in January, one a couple months later and.
1: I mean, we need to do a side bet for how many are going to happen in February. I mean, Fuck, we can... fit <laughs>
0: right? I'm also like, 10 may not have been enough at this pace.
1: Um, so, anyway, so uh, uh, that was said, yes. So, the latest one to fall is Atwater Brewing out of Detroit, Michigan. Um, was just bought by Molson Coors, which, again, I think we both... Both of us were, like, thought about Molson Coors or Miller Coors yeah. or formerly Miller Coors. Yeah. Um, to, as as a potential buyer for a brewery and i think we both had the same thought which was like no they seem pretty happy with their portfolio
0: yeah their 10th and blake portfolio of four or five brands um the big thing that made me not choose one because i was like oh they probably do," but it was after they laid off like a third of their workforce saying they were going to m- more focus on the beyond beer side of things
1: that was yeah that was when they do that name change yeah and, and then, i'm like okay so I was gonna put them in,
0: and then I was like, uh, I don't think they're gonna buy anyone, and now I just look like a fucking dipshit.
1: I mean, as opposed to me, who looks, you know, I, I knew this was coming, I just didn't write it down, because that... I don't want to make you look too bad, Tyler, oh, yeah. I know you're, you're, you're fragile self-esteem. If
0: one of us hits on anything, that's who's <laughs> gonna fucking win at this point.
1: Um... But, uh, yes, so Atwater Brewing announced this week that they would sell to Molson Coors and join the ranks of the other Coors craft breweries, uh, including Lion Googles, uh, AC Golden, St. Archer, Terrapin, Hop Valley, and Revolver. Um, Again, that's kind of why I was kind of skeptical as to why uh, they would want any more, because they've been sort of happy with that lineup for, I don't know, two, three years, I think. When was the last... Do you remember when the last purchase was? Uh, I think it was either... I want to say terrapin or Saint Archer, that sounds about right. But, um, but um, and yeah, you know, the and the story—it's a story we've kind of heard before. Um, there's not a lot of details. The story just broke this week, but um, the
0: part that got us—if we would have got an extra point if one of us would have picked it—because it's expected to close in two months.
1: Correct. Um, the the this. It seems to be one of those things where you get, uh, another brewery reaches this point where the amount of capital needed gets astronomical and the amount of competition makes it hard to make up that difference and there's uh, you know there's very few public details but it sounds like they are kind of found themselves in a position where like well shit either we sell and definitely keep going or we kind of struggle and maybe don't.
0: Yeah, and it seems like from the article I saw on Brewbound that it was actually kind of first kicked around in about 2017 and then it they just kind of stopped talked on and off and then uh just came out that yep no it's time for this
1: that's and that's also what lends some extra credence to the idea that i mean again it's there's it's never stated anywhere but we've heard this story, and I think the the amount of time they've mulled over seems to suggest that there's an element of, you know, the the the, the higher ups of this particular brewery saying, "Do we want to do this?" I mean, it, it, for all the for, for all the lighthearted ribbing we give breweries for selling out, I do think it is a hard decision, and I think most breweries do want to remain independent if that is at all possible. And you get to a point where you go, "We either do this, or you know, maybe tomorrow we don't." we don't get to open for business.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it kind of makes sense why Atwater did choose them because the Molson Corps 10th and Blake craft portfolio, uh, seeing some numbers here on that, uh, in 2019, they were post. So across all brands, they averaged about that full portfolio. So some may have done a little higher. Some may have done lower Mm -hmm. about 16% growth. But if you factor in St. Archer Gold, which Molson Coors just rolled out on a national push uh, into the portfolio, their volume is up nearly 19%. Okay. So, I mean, it's showing that they're increasing the volume of the breweries that they have in their portfolio. Mm -hmm. Um, And Atwater actually brings a nice part to that portfolio that none of the other breweries do of they make their own line of seltzers oh
1: good god in heaven of course they do
0: so this also ties back into okay molson Coors is focusing on their beyond beer segment so they just added another craft brand that also does seltzers
1: i mean it is a match made in what's the opposite of heaven <laughs> Seltzerland. land <laughs> oh yeah that hellish place um atwater is actually the uh fifth uh uh, largest bre- Michigan brewery um, And of course actually The largest the, the, Is The largest craft brewery in Michigan uh, Also the winner of the National Brewery Marksman competition So long as their target is their own foot uh, Of course talking about founders um, They have also They recently closed a deal with San Miguel um, That closed uh, this month So um, that was announced uh, last year but, uh, yeah, that's a, a, another great big craft brand in Michigan to uh, to go down.
0: Yeah, and I saw something from the owners where he was saying he hopes that their relationship can be similar to another kind of Midwest brewery that Molson Coors owns of Kugels where they're still involved in the day-to-day operations mm-hmm. and really kind of drive that. They just now have the funding of Molson Corps.
1: Yeah, and I got – and there's a quote from uh, – and this was this comes from the Detroit News where I got uh, the article. Um, and actually, uh, uh, Cody was nice enough to send this to me. Thank you, Cody. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, uh, the quote is from uh, the uh, the co-owner, uh, Reith um, – says that's what i want i want Atwater and employees and our brand to be around for decades hopefully we'll be able to bring some products nationally so you also get and that's also nice to be able to get in on that uh the molson cores uh distributing network uh
0: so i did just see something kind of touch back on something a little bit before um mm. uh, Looks like 2016 is when they went on a buying spree, buying Revolver, Hot Valley, and Terrapin. That sounds right. And then in 2015, they had purchased St. Archer. That sounds, okay, yeah. uh, But a fun thing that kind of helped make this deal as streamlined as possible was Atwater already was going through in all the states that they distribute in, so the 12 states that they are in, Uh, 2018 or 19, I want to say they switched all their... Distributorships over to the Miller To the Miller's house So that way it kind of lined up When they first started talking to him And then so they kept that, that alive Now that actually
1: makes it sound like less of a Like a, a decision that came after Like that, that sounds like less of a Okay crap we have to do this let's do it That sounds more premeditated That actually more sounds like uh, This is probably going to happen So let's just get everything in line Which also that may make more sense With with how fast the steel is closing, closing. Maybe yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Infer what you want from that. This is m- maybe a bit more premeditated than most deals. I think.
0: I think they had an idea, and they knew if that was gonna happen.
1: And I guess, I guess you, you if you, you, you may be in this position. Like, well, this probably, this could happen. This even might probably happen, and this will make it easier. And even if it doesn't happen, it distributors kind of universally suck. Yeah. So it's not like you're so- dumb. Yeah, you know, you're dumping a a good one. Yeah, it was back in 2017
0: they started to realign to get in the. Huh,
1: That's interesting that it's been that that the that at least the thought that they might be okay. We
0: may sell because they had already started talks. So we may sell. This would make it easier
1: if we do sell. Hmm. That's so. I mean, so the the, the thought that the, the fact that's been going on for at least two years, maybe closer to three. Yeah, and is, I mean. It's if you make
0: the change and you don't sell right is it really gonna affect you that much
1: i mean again distributors universally bad so no not universally not. bad but <laughs> they all have their downsides true universally bad come at me distributors
0: <laughs> <America>
1: will. <laughs> all right um everything is terrible news now um so breweries that uh, aren't selling outright are very busy taking everything good about craft beer setting it on fire and warming their hands around it like a hobo barrel
0: (laughs) no using that fire to make hard seltzer
1: (laughs) they are they are doing well you need a fire to make hard seltzer i feel like all you need is uh, a carbonated water sugar citric acid and shame
0: yeah but if you have the water a little bit warmer the sugar absorbs quicker
1: that's science, that is. Um, this comes from uh, Jessica Infante from uh, Brewbound. Um, she reports that uh, after a 6% decline in volume in 2019, uh, Ska Brewing out of Durango, Colorado, is adjusting their strategy. Um, and I we've already hinted as to what that strategy uh, pretty much is. Um, if you said hard seltzer, you're right and very, very sad. Um, in late December, Ska Brewing rolled out their hard seltzer line. They are starting with a hibiscus lime. A black raspberry and a blood orange flavor. So, and apparently they are the
0: hibiscus lime sounds oddly intriguing.
1: I hibiscus always kind of, hibiscus always tastes to me like cranberry, like strawberry cranberry. And so with lime, it I just mean, like
0: hibiscus has always been kind of hit and miss. I've tasted some where I'm like, oh that's good. I've tasted others where I'm like, okay, that's well, fucking terrible.
1: I mean either either if it, if it has actual hibiscus flavor. I actual hibiscus is kind of a nice, like tart cranberry flavor. And then there is sometimes like, just not just like we put hibiscus in the title. Like, no, you peed in it <laughs> <laughs> and your pee tastes a bit like vinegar. Um, you should have that looked at. Um, the, uh, the co-founder of Ska, um, uh, Dave Thribido, I'm going to give that a shot. I'm hoping that is right. Um, uh, he uh, spoke to Brewbound saying, uh, quote, I feel really good about, uh, we're feel really good about that because we released a clear, sparkling light beverage in the middle of winter. And I'm not ma- optimistic that those sales will continue to climb as soon as the weather warms up. Nationally, it doesn't seem like seasonality is actually slowing down seltzer sales. But I think in Colorado, no doubt about it.
0: Um, and especially scouts <laughs> out of Durango?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And apparently it is because it, it's already, um, the, the hard seltzer line is already comparable to their... Um, their uh, Modus Hopperendi, which is their flagship IPA, it's already selling those kind of numbers for them. Yeah. So, um, and besides, and it's and if that wasn't enough, not doing just hard seltzer is uh, is isn't a little bit sad enough. They are also uh, uh, doubling down on their um, quote healthier, slightly healthier line of beers. Um, or the so-called better-for-you product. Um, there, in in March, uh, Brewing will also be releasing a, a hundred-calorie, four percent ABV IPA called Agro Light. Um, God which, damn it! <laughs> which is named after the reggae band, the Agrolites, which apparently played at Ska's anniversary last year, and apparently they were awful, and Brewing decided to punish them <laughs> because. <laughs> We want to name a beer after you. That sounds amazing. What is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be a low-calorie, 4% beer. All right. We're sorry. We didn't know. (laughs) We didn't know you didn't like reggae, but we are a reggae band. (laughs) That's the nearest I can figure. I have a hard time faulting them because, as as the article says, um, hard seltzer is already killing it. People are liking the lower-calorie beers. You go where the... uh, you go where the uh, uh, the money is, the money is going to a sad place, and they're not the only one. Um, Sweetwater, Georgia's George's largest craft brewery, um, will is, uh, is also making a line of hard seltzers. Um, and this story actually comes from the Beer Street Journal by uh, a Reed Ramsey. Um, this month, Sweetwater also announced it will be releasing its own line of hard seltzers, but... To Sweetwater's credit, and this is the little bit of light at the end of this kind of sad tunnel, they're doing something a little cool. Because back in 2018, um, Sweetwater announced a line of cannabis-inspired beer. Um, because
0: Sweetwater's notorious
1: stoners, uh, they have a 420 beer. Right. So, um, What they actually do for these line of beers is they they actually are made from um, a product of cannabis um, the terpenins I think is how you is how, I think how you say or that
0: terpenes
1: or, or terpenes um, I'll go, we'll go with terpenes you can you can extract the terpenes which are basically a, like a flavorful oil they contain no THC so you can then uh, add that to beer and really 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 bring out that dank, We'd like flavor.
0: I think that's also what New Belgium did in the Hemperer. I thought they used. Now I thought the Hemperer used hemp seeds. I can't now, remember.
1: Now the. I mean, but the. They, but seeds are notoriously full of oil, so I mean, they may be effectively doing the same thing. But But, um, but this uh, new line of I, you know, especially their G thirteen IPA became the their be- second best selling beer, uh, right below their flagship. Um. So they're going to be doing the same thing for their hard seltzers. Um, their 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 hard seltzer line are are gonna contain these uh uh terp. What do we call it? What? Terpenes, terp, terp, terpenes? Terpenes. Um, to a we're lo- probably
0: butchering this just so everyone knows, but um,
1: that's okay. Anybody who gives a rat's ass is probably high as balls anyway. So they're like, oh, they're terp. They're they're, they're they're It's the- called this. Yeah, they're the ones getting really pissed off, like throwing their Doritos at your computer. <laughs> you're harshing my buzz. They're terpenes, man. <laughs> The turpins are coming up
0: there, Doritos, Locos, tacos on the floor and (laughs) just says, fuck you guys.
1: Um, the hydroponics series is what it's going to be called from sweet water will feature a black cherry for quote forbidden fruit and lime haze, uh, fruited, uh, seltzer water enhanced with that sweet, sweet, uh, uh, weed flavor, which I have to imagine is going to taste a bit like carbonated bong water. I was going to say, whatever happened to the saying, don't
0: drink the bong water? Well,
1: things are hard up in Georgia, and apparently they're going to not only drink it, add seltzer and alcohol to it, and you can get yourself some of that uh, in the very near future.
0: Although, when you did tell me Sweetwater was planning to do a seltzer, before you even got into this, my first thing was, okay, they're going to get a hard seltzer just so they can test the market, and then they'll probably go the non-alcoholic seltzer but infuse it with THC like Loganitas is doing and start rolling that out,
1: fucking stoners. Uh, yeah, you, know, you got, uh, and for some reason, I don't know why the use of uh, cannabis in the hard seltzer angers me less. I don't know why. I mean, something about all the breweries rolling out with their hard seltzer line again, I get it the money is sitting right there dancing in front of you. And all you need to do is add alcohol to essentially carbonated water and flavoring. Just reach out and grab the G string. I mean, yeah, it's, it's the money. It's manna from heaven. Essentially. I think even, I think a couple of local breweries have uh, started doing it. I, I don't blame them, but it makes me very sad, but there's something about like, no, we're going to add weed to it. That makes me go. Yes, that's better. I don't know why it's better. It's better. I'll let let you, I, we report, you decide. <laughs> uh, but when
0: you did tell me, or after hearing about Ska, it doesn't completely surprise me that they're doing that because Ska's already super, like, diversified. They actually have a full, like, Ska fabrication mm-hmm. where they're making, like, mobile depalletizers for mobile canning lines, a bunch of different stuff to go on to mobile canning lines to make it easier for breweries with space constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, okay, Scott's got the beer. They've got this
1: and they're distilling and actually Sweetwater starting to, I kind of left that out of the, I mean, both the articles mentioned that they're diversifying into, as well
0: as at water that just sold to Molson Coors. Yeah. So there's a the spirits line.
1: I mean, so the, I mean, no, th- that then begs the question. I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the, the point of diversifying is so to increase your portfolio and to try to prevent that. So I'm guessing to
0: prevent a slow. Just because the, you've got,
1: yeah. But if one thing dips,
0: another goes up.
1: Hopefully, and I mean, and now when
0: everything dips, you're just fucked
1: because <laughs> you're stretched
0: too thin. And
1: I mean, I guess the banks calling. I mean, this uh, one has. To, are they just chumming the waters for the for for the next big sale? I mean, should we should uh, uh, the 2020 Deadpool include both Ska and Sweetwater? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he, I don't. Did you have Sweetwater on your Deadpool list? No. I don't think either of us did. So I don't. Keep that, keep that in mind for next year's, everybody. <laughs> All right. So, well, we, before we get to the next story, we're switching beers. This is the um, other one we brought for us. What is... Puckerberry from High Hops Brewing. And they
0: are located in... Shit.
1: You really need to replace some lights in here, motherfucker. <laughs> it's mood lighting, Tyler. We, I, f- I figure after we're done, we'd do some makeouts.
0: Uh, you don't pay me enough. Uh <laughs> i can't tell where it's from somewhere in colorado uh, i think denver area um but it actually won a gold medal in
1: 2018 at the at gabf it's very pretty it's like it's it's ruby red almost to the point of violet
0: yeah it is a blackberry sour uh 4.2 percent alcohol um it does say, warning, this beer contains fruit puree and must be kept cold. Otherwise, oh God. re-fermentation what? may occur. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> God. And I oh figured God. it'd be fitting since we talked about 450 North last week.
1: Uh, the funny thing was is that... Um, uh, at the
0: very least, they're advertising at 4%, so if it is too, I don't feel near as bad.
1: Well, since you brought it, I, I was on the fence about bringing it up, but... Um, uh actually uh, on twitter um uh, uh someone at brewbound uh, uh got a hold of us and and forward us and forwarded us a, 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 a uh, another article they did uh, about it um and I have to go I have to go look and see uh, uh who wrote it but um but she did an amazingly good job uh i her first name was Katie I forget her last name but she did an amazingly good job at summarizing my frustration which was which was essentially that um uh yeah four eighty north somehow got a pass on on the fuck up on the fuck up and they cont- even to even a I kind of like went through their Instagram, and there are some people getting kind of bitchy about about it, but most people are like shut up we're we're still drinking this so it, yeah, they get a weird pa- and and she even says that other breweries they don't get that. I mean, they screw up a little bit and their their customer They're base cru- crucified. Lo- yeah, loses their shit. So I mean, her kind of response is, "Why? Why do you assholes get to get to do that?" We got off into the weeds. All right, jammy is all fuck, but taste. I mean, almost like caramelly, like it almost sm- smells like a raspberry cookie.
0: Um. Yeah, I don't know about raspberry cookie, but I totally get just that super like blackberry jammy smell. But I, mean, I am digging on the taste. I'm not sure
1: about the taste. Really, I'll be honest. It's, I mean, it's like really fruity, like almost cloyingly fruity. Like, I mean,
0: it's super fruity. But the more I drink it, the more tartness I get coming in on the back end.
1: Yeah, there's um, there's like a a, a strange like maltiness, carameliness, that I'm not sure how I, what I feel. I mean, and almost, I get a little bit of like... It's
0: so almost like black, fresh blackberry jam, like your grandma would do, and then put it on a nice piece of toast. I mean,
1: yeah, that's a pretty good description, except for with a little hint of copper. Can I get like a little bit of metal too? So like... I
0: could kind of see that. I don't know if I quite get like metal, but...
1: I'm not sure. maybe by the time you're done with your story, I'll figure out if I like this or not. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so to t- kind of tie in, we actually for the next story, uh, you mentioned how uh, 450 North seems like everyone thinks their beer is good because there's a lot of hype to it.
1: There's a lot well and, and also they have a weird in on the on the uh, on the beer trading scene. Which is where the writer uh, thought a lot of this came, came from, because, I mean, there is almost like, an, like uh, a like uh, a impetus on the on the side of the people buying it to trade it to not lose the value that they have to trade it elsewhere. Yeah, because I mean, if it gets trashed, I mean, because apparently, I uh, again, if it
0: gets trash, then no was- one's going to want to get it, and now they're stuck with the twenty five dollar. Four pack, that's two percent. Um,
1: yeah, go. Uh, this was a so now we're now we're deep into it. Now I almost feel like I need to go need to go find this goddamn article. But this was in the Beer Street Journal, like the uh, last week, the I day you said we said Brewbound or no, not neither of them. It was neither Brewbound nor the Beer Street Journal. It was, um, Good Beer Hunting. They're sighting. Oh. They're, uh, citing. So, uh, first of all, apologies to Good Beer Hunting because you got, uh, got a hold of us and then I fucked it up. Well, um, thank you for reaching out <laughs> to us so we can. Um, it was, so, um, it was, uh, uh, it was, uh, from Good Beer Hunting, uh, the, uh, the writer was, uh, uh Kate Bernat, um, and yeah, she, uh, went through and talked about that, the, that, on the trading circuit, they can get like upwards of like one point five to two dollars per dollar um, when you're trading dollar per dollar for uh, the four eighty north, especially there, especially these um, these um, slushy the, sours. The, these slushy sours where they just sit there and add f- yeah pure fr- fruit puree to it until they explode.
0: Okay, well. Jeremy, you should retweet that out so everyone can see it.
1: It actually is. It was actually, uh, it, it, it was on our Twitter feed. Uh, um, uh, it, uh, I put it out last week when they got a hold of us. It's still there. Um, so ch- go check it out. It's still sweet. sweet.
0: Uh, but, so kind of leading into what we were saying is breweries like that be, will have people think they're good because of the hype instead of getting the hype because right. the beer is good. So, uh, There's an article on bostonmagazine.com by Jacqueline Kane uh, talking about Boston's first blind beer fest and how it'll make you a smarter drinker. Which, for anyone that lives in the valley or near some 10 Barrels, you've probably been familiar with 10 Barrels Beer Wars, which Mm -hmm. is a blind IPA beer festival. Right. So, at 10 Barrel Beer Wars, it would be IPAs only. Everything was blind. You couldn't tell. You had to take notes. Mm -hmm. do that and then at the end they'd announce the winner and tell you what every beer was so you can go around and retry
1: right so it takes a really cool idea i I still love that idea oh
0: one of my favorite ideas because it takes the personal bias that you have towards that brewery or towards that style of beer out because they are the one in boston is doing it where it's not just straight up ipas it's any style of beer um They actually are having – it started out from a couple people that run a website that used to just do it as an invite-only event, very small scale. Uh, This is going to be the first full-scale by the Mass Brew Brothers. Uh, They're teaming up with Beer Events Planner Craft Company um, and
1: getting this all rolled out. Um, I mean, the the thing I like so much about that, not only does that – like. Not only does it take away the take away the hype from the from the uh, from breweries that you know have that kind of surrounding them, but it also gives it's, it also gives like breweries that that may even have like have a for for any reason have a not a great reputation or have you know had had a, had a rough start or whatever to kind of you know put something out there like wait holy shit look look what they're doing now.
0: Yeah, and rebuild
1: and, and and rebuild a reputation, which I think is is equally important.
0: Oh yeah, so they're not allowing any branding or advertising at booths. Hiring non-brewery personnel to pour the beer and staff the booths. Uh, they won't know the lineup until the end of the festival. Uh, they won't be sure about what beer they're drinking or what company brewed it. Uh, they'll be given notepads to jot down tasting notes, flavors, observations about each beer in the categories of IPAs, Dark Beers, and Wild Cards. Uh, They get a vote for their top pick, and after all the tasting is through, the votes will be tallied up to name a fan favorite in each category, and all the participating breweries will be revealed. Uh, They did a similar tasting event, they said, called the Most Tasty IPA Competition, so similar to Beer Wars in Massachusetts. Uh, And they talked about how a sleeper, was ended a sleeper pick was the most high rated beer in Massachusetts of Pulp Daddy IPA from small Worcester outfit Greater Good Imperial Brewing Company one beating out hop darlings
1: like Trillium Vitamin C nice. and Treehouse yes so <laughs> I love to hear it love to hear it I mean not that I have anything against Treehouse or Trillium but no so
0: it's forty dollar entry fee um uh, it's going to be March 6th from six thirty to ten. Um, So if you're over in Massachusetts around that time, look it up. Uh, I would love to see more and more places starting to do a full-out blind beer fest. Uh, not just IPAs. Bring in other styles. And they even mentioned, they're like, when they were doing kind of the private invite-only events, uh, one of the brothers that, one of the guys that puts this on, he said, Oh, I was claiming what a good Hellas this beer was that I was drinking. And then when it got revealed it was a Or The Hellas I was holding, I was like, this is the best German Pilsner you'll ever taste. (laughs) And then it got revealed to be a Hellas. He's like, or I'm really good at picking out an IPA. He's like, but you know how hard it is to pick out a New England hazy IPA versus a double
1: dry hopped wheat ale? Ooh, I mean... I feel like it should, well, I mean, if, all right, I would, I would say that, I mean, by looking at it, they'd be the same, but I feel like you would lose some of the mouth feel and some of like the juicy quality in the,
0: but there's been hazy IPAs that right. have had that mouth feel. And I mean,
1: I feel like a, just a double dry hopped wheat beer would be like grassier, but, but hard to say, but yeah, now I, I suddenly want to, I, I, I suddenly want to do the, you know, well, I, I, I want to and I'm afraid of, you know, what... what Oh, uh, <laughs> just the reality check just, you're going to get? I'm, I probably need that reality check. just.
0: <laughs> Which, I'm kind of bummed Tim Barrel doesn't do the beer wars in town anymore. Because that was always a fun
1: one. Well, somebody should do that. Um, that's a great idea. I love it. Um, and again, I like that you get upstarts like that to come out and like, yeah, they won. Yeah. Wh- who, who the hell are they? Nobody knows.
0: Or... Oh, I've seen them. I've just never ordered their beer. Uh-huh. And because I've always ordered Treehouse because I thought Treehouse was better because the name. Mm-hmm.
1: Because, you know, because That's what
0: all the people in the trading communities told me to get.
1: Um, you know, and then we can get over this, the exploding cans that. <laughs> so, it's
0: I figured I'd talk about this just because that's kind of my favorite style of beer fest and I wish more people would do it. Get on it, people. uh
1: Real quick, further thoughts on this? I'm I'm still, like, weirdly, like... All right, for, so for a start, I was like, well, while you were going through that, I was kind of, like, looking... Actually, I was looking to see if I could find where this Oh, yeah, it is a gluten-free beer as well, made with buckwheat and, and millet. Which might be what I'm getting or something, because i still getting, like, this weird aroma on it. Which that, I was
0: real, like, skeptical when I saw that. I was like, okay, we'll see if this is any
1: good. I still, like... There was a beer I had at a beer fest in Nebraska... Shut up! <laughs> but there was a brewery from Kansas that did a beer with seven different types of grains, including millet and buckwheat, buckwheat and rye and wheat and barley. The obviously. nice
0: part, the biggest knock I usually have on a gluten-free beer is the it's not a thick enough mouthfeel, and I feel because of that puree, yeah, it balanced that out.
1: But um, but no, it's I'm I don't know I'm still weirdly. I'm still weirdly on the fence with this. I like, well, I'll like, i take a drink. I'm like, yeah, it's really fruity. It's kind of nice. I take another You're Like, it has... There's a component to it that I can't quite place. And I don't know... I don't know if it's okay.
0: <laughs> Fair
1: enough. So, I don't know. Maybe by the time I get to the end of this next story, I'll, uh, I'll be able to tell you. <laughs> All right. The future of beer is wine news now. Um, we've reached a point in craft beer where literally... Anything is up for grabs. We, want to, we, we could put breakfast cereal in, donuts, fucking candy. At this point in time, if you can eat it, ice cream, ice cream. We were doing that. Basically, if you can eat it, we dump it into a brew pot and give it a shot. Um, so the increasing, the increase, uh, the, the increase of uh, 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 wine beer blends out in the market seems almost benign by comparison. Um and this article actually comes from uh, craftbeer.com um the art, the uh from uh, Brian Younger um and actually uh, uh Erica is the one who uh, uh, brought one of one of our fans brought this our attention uh thank, thank you, for, you Erica thank you for sending this out, out to us um at first glance you could mistake this rise of like wine beer hybrids as yet another desperate attempt for craft breweries to stand out in this hugely crowded market um Crowded and eclectic marketplace that's just getting harder and harder to stand out in. Um, but uh, the the article uh, did a remarkably good job at like um, explaining that you know where this is coming from is like it's what I took away from it was there's this uh, the uh, the unique ability for um, wine to bring a uh, bring a sense of locality to beer. Um, I was actually listening to a wine podcast. Um, a couple of years back, a local guy does it. It was—it's called the "I Think About Wine" podcast. Okay. Um, and uh, good podcast, a lot of good information. Um, moderate wine snobbery, but that's to be expected. It's wine. It's wine. Um, uh, but the one thing he did mention, in one of his slightly snobbier moments, doesn't mean he's wrong, but <laughs> is that um is when he's kind of getting a little bit uppity about wine versus beer. Uh, he said that um only wine can be truly local you can't really i mean uh, um he i can't remember what he exactly said but it's a, i'm calling a, fucking bullshit he's basically said uh i mean and it's not untrue i mean basically you know wine is a product of where it's grown it's a product of the, the terroir the 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 weather the 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 soil the you know water it's a product of that um, barley is more or less the same year to year. Hops, outside of their oils, the flavors are more and or less also, the same. Also,
0: depending on the location, what can be grown there.
1: Right, but I mean the uh, but uh, you know all those subtle differences mean a lot in wine and in beer ingredients. I mean. There's nothing special about um, a certain region, regardless of what some local uh, sno- beer snobs on some forums might say. There's no reason that California breweries are any better than, say, Oklahoma. Other than, I mean, there's no reason you couldn't take a beer recipe with the right equipment and the right know-how and brew that same beer anywhere in the country. Um, Ask Budweiser with all Goose Island's beer. Exactly. So, I mean, so it is more of a and so there you know the 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 local component is the is you're looking at the talent um that's making it fine i'll make the concession except for fresh hops well but wait till my ma- i mean we as we as we talked about uh, that's
0: if it goes through
1: <laughs> as we talked about a few episodes back um i believe the uh something about something about Maryland's terrible logo um you know, fret. there are there are people working on that problem as we speak,
0: or the Colorado State scientist who's trying to grow or, or within a warehouse hops and harvest four times a year. Right, right.
1: but that notwithstanding, um, but if you take your beer and especially wild fermented beer, which is a which is also kind of a concurrent trend with these wine blended beers, um. And then you have this way of like really, really um, making a beer truly, truly local, Um, especially, of of course, if you're using uh, uh, the wine grown um, within the local region. I mean, here in Idaho, we got some we got a lot of uh, uh, we got a lot of wine areas um, and uh, the article followed Ale Song, which are out of Eugene in the Willamette Valley. Okay really well-known for their Pinot Noir, and um, Song does some uh, blended beer, some wild fermented blended beers uh, with uh, with Pinot Noir. And actually in t- 2018, um, they won three medals at GABF, two for their quote-unquote Tawar uh, lineup. Dang. Which is where they, I mean, it's in the experimental category where they're blending um, ale and uh, local grapes. Um, their head brewer, uh, Matt Van Weyl, uh, points out that you know, it, it's more of a, it's less, it's more of an extension of the craft. And it's really bringing, you know, even more nuance and more skills and more things that, you know, you can, you, you can um, add to the already incredible craft of brewing. Um, quote, um, the point of the terroir series is to showcase not only the grapes grown in the Willamette Valley, but also showcase our abilities of processing them, which is interesting because brewing has always been kind of like, Described as a t- industrial art or an engineering art, you know it is again you. It's less about where it's made, but how it's made, and you can make it anywhere. Um, whereas wine's an agricultural art, where how the wine, you know how the wine is cared for, is what makes the biggest difference. But uh, Van Wick points out that uh, con- things like contact time with the uh, skins, um, oak versus stainless steel aging. Uh, sorry, oak versus stainless steel aging. Yeah. Um, whole clusters,
0: especially with like Chardonnays and
1: right. Um, you know, whole cluster grapes as opposed to juice. There is many, there are many, as many different processes that you can do in wine to alter the flavor as there is in beer. You, you keep on, you know, you exponentially increase the subtle things you can do for these, uh, blends and you end up with something that's, you know, again, every type of thing is a little bit unique, a little bit kind of interesting. Um, and of course, you know Ale Song is by far the only one from doing stuff like this. Dogfish Head. Uh, I was gonna
0: say, I feel like Midas Touch is like Midas the t- OG of
1: this category. Pretty much, yeah. As near as I, as near as this article can tell, and near as I can, that's the first one I remember that you know that I got my hands on. Like, is it beer? Is it wine? Is it mead? I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then Dogfish also did. Was it their ninety one or sixty one? Sixty one, correct. Where yeah. they did the wine must in with their 60 minute IPA.
1: Right. Um, of course, Firestone Walker, they have a, a wine background with Firestone wineries. Mm-hmm. Um, they did some experimental, um uh, um, uh, uh, there's experimental batches with McKellar. Um, oh. yeah, I know. I was kind of like, that was kind of strange, but it sort of makes sense. The, the gypsy brewers who kind of go to do uh, collaborations with, uh, with, uh, uh, brewers. they did like a wine beer blend. Um, Jester King, um, makes
0: sense. I, Big wild fermentation,
1: and also um, they use Texas grapes for a couple of their beers. I didn't know this. Apparently, Texas number fifth, uh, number five in the uh, in the United States for uh, wine produc- production. All right. So I maybe there's some Texans screaming that about Texan wine. Something about the phrase Texan wine just makes me think of <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> like. A barely fermented kool-aid in a mason jar <laughs> i was jar. gonna say boone's farm but <laughs> but it seems like an oxymoron but but apparently texan wine uh is a thing um but um so i guess the the the, the question is are we going to see more and more of these i mean is uh, you know, is that gonna be the next big thing like wine beer hybrids probably not um
0: Well, I think Woodland Empire here locally partnered with Split Rail and did a wine-beer
1: hybrid. They've done a couple of uh, beers aged in wine barrels.
0: But I think this one, I saw at the co-op, was a wine-beer hybrid. Okay. I haven't gotten a hold of that one, so I'll have to... I'll I'll see if the co-op still carries it, and maybe we'll pop it on one of these episodes.
1: There we go. Um, There's apparently actually a shop in Denver that exclusively sells uh, wine-beer hybrids.
0: Damn, I did not realize it was that big of a market.
1: <laughs> um the 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 shop is called Liberate. Again, I'm there's going to be a few words in this next in this next little bit that I'm
0: Strap in. we know we're <laughs> pronouncing it wrong, just go with it.
1: Um the uh owner sells the exclusively sells what he calls uh Oeno beers. Um Oeno is like Latin for wine. Um <laughs> I think (laughs) it's my best guess the guy made up a word and I'm probably mispronouncing a made up word deal with it. (laughs) But, um, you know, and, and, but his, I mean, his assessment is that, uh, I mean, although you're, there's more and more to the point where you can actually start a shop that sells them exclusively. Um, no, there's wait, like there's just too much that almost has to go into it to make them work. I mean, this is, you know this is not something that you can you know go and add like i don't know some brew we've been talking about recently a shit ton of like grape you know uh puree to and hope for the best uh <laughs> yeah you need a little more science in that um, blend of two arts you know you got your you got your uh uh, uh you, you got the making of the beer and again these are usually wild fermented beers which adds a, a, a quality of locality to them because you know if you're leaving it up to the you know, the wild yeast in you that know, area, wild yeast, biome. again, something you cannot create anywhere else in the world. Um, so, you know, that on top of grapes, you can't grow anywhere else that have, you know, certain qualities, you know, it just requires a, 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 a little element of, of, uh, extra care and craft that I think most breweries have no interest in doing. And rightly so, but the ones that are, that are giving it a shot are, uh, again, it's kind of cutting, cutting edge stuff. And, uh, um kind of an interesting way that the the two arts are kind of coming together especially i mean sour has always taken a lot i feel from from wine, wine tradition when it comes to blending and aging and especially oak aging and to see it actually kind of come together and and uh emerges uh is it's kind of cool
0: no that i was gonna say i i've heard of some but just never really thought about it but it, it does seem like a cool idea and could pair very well. All right.
1: Tyler, anything else this week?
0: Uh, no, that is about it. Uh, again, thank you to my co-worker Matt for providing us with these beers. Thank and, you, Matt. Uh,
1: outside of that, nothing else. Well, um, this has been It's All Beer. Um, as always, you can get a hold of us. Uh, we are on social media. Um, some of us actually do things on there occasionally. Um, oh, fuck you. <laughs> we're on Twitter at It's All Beer One. Uh, we do have an Instagram account. Uh, we post pictures. Some of them aren't of us naked, so you should go check that out. Um, we're on Facebook um, at It's All Beer, and of course uh, you can get a hold of us via email. Um, we've been getting a lot of articles lately. Thank you so much uh, to everybody. Our job for us, it's really really nice. It really it takes. Quite a bit of time out of uh, you know, it's,
0: it's, it's, just got to show up and drink them.
1: Yeah, just like oh, good. I, these articles are already here, so I'll just uh, do the things that people already want me to do, and just gonna get drunk in my office with a microphone, which yes. is perfect. So yeah, uh, keep sending those articles um, our way. Especially when
0: he turns the microphone off.
1: Oh, that's gonna be embarrassing in a second. Um, and our email address at it's it's is at it's all beer at gmail.com and that's I think probably all I'm going to be able to get out tonight, <laughs> and uh, that'll be it. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm go. This is this is beer, right? This is what I'm drinking. This is beer. Okay, I'm drinking it. Have fun.